Welcome everybody, I'm Jared, he's DJ, and this is Number One Bullshit. Do you just want to give you guys a heads up, we did have some technical difficulties recording this episode. You might hear me cutting out from time to time as I was recording this live from my hotel room in Puerto Rico. So there were, uh, we did have some Wi-Fi issues that led to me cutting out a little bit. Hopefully it's not too rough on the ears, but we will be back uh, in person next week. Uh, so hope you still enjoy. All right. So Corey Sanhagen, Rob Font, um, not the fight that I was expecting. I think anybody that would tell you that was the fight that, that they were expecting is a liar. Yeah, at all. Um, I like Dominic Cruz's point on it. You know, it's like he, I believe it was Cruz that said it wouldn't biz me. Like, his hole was his wrestling, and then he just showed, I can wrestle. Give him that. Yeah. Give him that. Yes, yeah, and that's almost like what it was. You know, you hear Corey Sanhagen talk, and he has a very, like, analytical, like, thought-out person, and it's almost like he had the mindset, and I know he said he probably tore his triceps in the first round, and that Mm -hmm. was part of why he fought that way, but he almost has this, like, okay, well, I need to to get better at wrestling. So even though I'm fighting a top 10 guy, I'm going to mainly wrestle just to know I can do it at, at this level. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where people are obviously they're going to boo. They're going to be upset. Ultimately it's not Stan Hagen's fault. Like, Hey, Rob Font, you need to be able to stand up. I agree. 100%. You know, like you're getting held down and it's not like San Hagen just held him there. There was a lot of, now they were very small strikes mostly, but there was a lot of ground strikes. You know, he was constantly working. I appreciate Herzog letting him work like that and that it wasn't like, oh, these uh, nice individuals in Nashville are booing, so we're going to stand it up. Which which is absolutely nice. I mean, looking at the ground strikes, there wasn't that much. I mean, 24 ground strikes mm-hmm. landed by Corey Sanhagen. I think oh, was it at some point I thought they said there was like sixty something. It says twenty four forty six for the oh, significant strikes. I guess that's the difference, oh. right? His stats for significant strikes. Um, but it's it's just one of those things where the fight, and this isn't fair to either fighter. I just had an expectation of it. Um, so it's like the main event. We're finally here, uh, two killers, and the fight didn't really have much tandem. And, and what I liked, what I did like to see from uh Font, who lost every round was it didn't seem like he was broken at all, right? Like, don't get me wrong, it didn't seem like he had an answer for it, but it didn't mm-hmm. seem, like, even in the fifth round, it's like, he goes for his own takedown. Like, I'm in it until I'm not in it anymore. Uh, really like to see that, because if you're going to lose a fight, especially where, you know, your last couple of fights, you know, you won against, what, Yanez, but lost the previous two. Mm-hmm. Let me show that I still got that dog in me. So he did show he had that dog in him. Uh, San Hagen is on a different level. I love the way I, I love yeah. San Hagen stand up. Uh, wrestling looked good. Um, he did what he had to do, and like you said, um, if I'm San Hagen, I won. I won. You know, yeah. I, even if I didn't have this most explosive, exciting fight, I took you down. I controlled you for five rounds, pretty much. Good for him. I I, I can't wait to see his next one. Yeah, it, it, there's such a kind of dichotomy between boxing and MMA where like if you don't get hit in MMA but you're not doing it it's considered like a bad, bad thing but like in boxing if you're just kind of touching a guy up and not getting hit it's like oh look at how great of a performance this guy is putting on you know he's not getting hit and it, it's just like a different thing I feel like um, where there is not exciting this fight was you know don't get me wrong was not exciting but the mastery that Sanhagen showed is impressive to me, you know, especially somebody who didn't necessarily have that ground game. Now, that being said, he had great top control. Oh, absolutely. The one time he was on his back, he still has that sense. And you and I have talked about it from when he fought Aljo, from when he fought Dil- when he beat Dillashaw. Um, the, no, he, he has that tendency, <laughs> he has that tendency to give up his back. Right. So even this time, like as he stood up, he gave up his back. And we all know you do that against Aljo, you know, that's a rap rap as as he likes to say. Yeah. Like that's a problem. So it'll be interesting. I want to know how he, how long the recovery is going to be. If he truly did tear his triceps, like that's a, that's going to be a probably a lengthy recovery. 
That's not a that's he did not, call. That's, sorry, that's not an injury I hear too often, like torn t- triceps. It's very, very bizarre. Sounds like it'd be yeah. painful. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't have much experience with it. Like I when I was coaching football, we had guys tear pecs and biceps and, <sighs> and you're out a while yeah. with that. So I don't know how long he's gonna be out. He called for the next title shot. I mean, ultimately, if Aljo stays the champ, then sure. Yeah. You know, but if Aljo wins and then moves up or O'Malley wins, like the next guy has to be Marab, right? Um, I actually wouldn't even mind Sanhagen Marab for a number one contender, you, you know, just because like ultimately at the end of the day, the exciting fight is Sanhagen O'Malley. Um, yes. We saw Sanhagen and granted he's always evolving, but Aljo made, I mean, it was light work for Aljo when they fought initially. Right. So, I mean, he has put together, you know, Sanhagen put on this was a three, five win streak now, but also, you know, he had two interim title shots and lost them. Yeah. Right. Or sorry, one was the number one contender. The Dillashaw one was number one contender, uh, but then the against Jan and, and couldn't get it done. You know, so I, I don't know if his three fight win streak that he has right now warrants a, uh, a title fight. But I, I would love to see him fight Marab. Yeah, and it, it, it I, I would too. You know, still sucks for Marab. If you're not going to go for the title shot, it's like at some point, when do we make you make sure you don't <laughs> take away all our contenders? But yeah. if they have to do like a like a, in the meantime type of fight to figure out what Aljo's doing with him and Marab, I want to see Sanhagen fight all the time. So yeah. like this didn't make me not a fan. It is. It just it didn't go the way my mind had it set, which is how life is you know um yeah so great performance him versus marab would be wild wild especially if he has been like if aljo is the reason is the catalyst for him getting his wrestling up and then he goes fights his teammates (laughs) that would be insane and and marab doesn't take the back like aljo does you know and so sanhagen is is pretty filthy off of his back a lot of elbows you know a lot of these constantly throwing stuff up like he is offensive from his back you know and and not offensive like you know shit people say Uh, (laughs) but not triggering offensive (laughs) but you know he has offense off his back um and so yeah i think that that would be a very interesting uh matchup uh hopefully we get to see it you know or if o'malley went would love to see san hagan especially now with a threat that like it's it's going to be in everybody's heads now. Like, Zanagan might take you down, right? Like, he might yeah. prefer. But him versus O'Malley on the feet, ooh, ooh, we. Yeah. <laughs> be so well, O'Malley has better takedown defense than, than sure. Rob Font, sure. right? Like, sure. O'Malley's not getting, because he knows everyone's always trying to take him down. He's not getting taken down like that. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think, unless Sanhagen's just that good. Didn't look like it. It looked like there wasn't a ton of resistance from yeah, Font, but right. we don't know. So, one thing. I do have to ask you about what was your opinion on the uh, Jacoby and Zechaku stoppage? Oh, man. Dude, it felt so early. Like, it felt like, don't get me wrong, he tagged him. But I think, I think there was too much of like, I think there was too much wildness. Like, there wasn't enough accuracy for me when he was on top of him, like hitting him to warrant yeah. a stoppage. This one felt early. Maybe being a ref. It's two huge dudes, and you feel the impact a little bit more when yeah. it when it was done. I was like, oh, a little early. I don't know. Do you disagree? Well, first of all, you were talking about two huge dudes. Did they have to have with like the six three and six five fighters the like five three ref? Hey man, our short kings um, are out there, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. It was it was just quite an interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was tiny. Visual there, um, but yeah. No, I mean, it was a great right hand that that dropped him. It looked like he almost was like, okay, I could try to get back up, but I'm a, you know, I need to recover. So I'm going to stay down here. Like he kind of had that look to it. Yep. I get that. And Zechaku was not attempting to improve his position. And I think it was last week or the week before we talked about like, that's what people are always, the refs are always going to say, improve your position. Yep. So a lot of times when you see guys covering up, if they're not improving their position, it's going to get stopped, which is what happened here. The thing I don't like about it is, no strikes got through. Like when he was on the ground, it at least, you know, I, I could go rewatch it, but at least it didn't look to me like there was anything that came through clean. It looked like it was all hitting his arm and it was like the Donkey Kong hammer fist. It wasn't elbows, you know? And so generally I feel like they give 
a little more time. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from Jacoby, not his fault, but you do got to feel for Nzechko a little bit there. I, I agree, and that's because what it felt like to me is the difference between hurt and just getting caught. I think he got caught, and I don't feel like he was hurt. Um, yeah. And, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. If I'm not hurt, but I'm just turtled up and I'm not doing anything that's different. It didn't feel like that for this one. Um, I'm on your side. I don't think really anything got through. If something did, it wasn't enough for me to be like, oh, I mean, he was tagging him in the chin. On the, It just felt quick. Um, like I said, I think it's two big guys and it looks different. And it probably sounds different, like, in person. Great, great um, patience and stand-up for Jacoby. Mm-hmm. Because Kennedy was in his face, right? Like really, really high energy in his face, and just tagged him. Uh, I would like to have seen that continue to go. I would like to have seen it. Yeah, and I just we've talked previously about like the stakes, right? If you're on the prelims, you're not ranked. It's early in your career. I get saving guys from themselves, sure. right? But you're talking about one of the guys is ranked 15. It was he was ranked 14th, and Nzechiku, I believe, was ranked 15th uh, up until uh, Pajeda just fought, and they put him into the top 15. So they took Nzechiku out of the top 15. Mm. But realistically, you're talking about two top 15 guys fighting each other. There are stakes here, right? Like this is pretty high stakes for that fight, and so yeah, it's unfortunate to see it end like that. Uh, happy for J- Dustin Jacoby, just based off of. You know, and and preparing for this, I rewatched and uh, preparing for for next week too. Rewatched Roundtree uh, and Jacoby, and I thought Dustin Jacoby won that fight. You know, I mean, he didn't win it on the scorecards, but watching the fight, it looked like he won. Okay, so uh, you know, good for him to kind of get back on on track here. Called out Vulcan uh, Ozdemir, no time, <laughs> but he already has a fight scheduled for September second, so. You know, interesting call out because if he loses to Azamat Murtakhanov, I don't know if you want to you know fight him coming off of a loss. Uh, but you know, Jacoby made the point. He said, "Listen, I I fight down all the time. Like, let me let me fight up." Uh, a lot of those guys are already booked uh, without him jumping like way up there to fight a Nikita Krylov. Um, but I think you know, if Ozdemir wins, I think that's a a great next matchup. Oh, absolutely, that'd be fun. But like you said, off a win because. If I'm Jacoby, I'm I'm going for I'm not gonna come fight somebody off a loss unless it's like number two or three in the division, right? Yeah, exactly. Or I mean potentially if yeah, you know, if a top ten guy loses, you know, coming off of a loss, but is still like a top ten or a top, you know, twelve. Yep. Then then I see and wins. Tatiana Suarez just keeps winning. Yep. She uh now, granted, and I, I looked it up, if this fight would have happened the last time Suarez fought at Strawweight, she'd be the champion. Because four years ago, uh, Jessica Andrade had just beat Rose and was uh, was the champ at 115. So crazy how uh, how long it's been. You know, and I, and I was kind of amazed that Suarez is older than Andrade. Andrade is one of those that it just feels like she has a ton of miles on her. Yeah, she does. I, I was a little shocked at that as well. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't know that. <laughs> um, Suarez, man, she her her first takedown was sloppy, and she just has that technique and that power to get her down anyways. I was like, that's a fucking problem. She's a problem, <laughs> but was not impressed with her stand-up at all last night. Um no, which and she was talking about it like she was like really happy with how the stand up played out, and and maybe maybe just from a fan perspective, there's something that happens like a uh, from a technical thing that I I didn't see, but for me I was like, oh, her stand up just doesn't look sharp tonight, but her wrestling, she just it's like she's just strong. She just, mm-hmm. I mean, come on, talk about that the the submission win. I mean, <laughs> oh my god, that dude. squeeze is unreal because she didn't. She didn't really have her hands locked. I know. Right. And we talked about it last time when she fought um, Montana De La Rosa at, at 125. She just has that like nasty squeeze. And and part of it was the angle. Like when you saw her body, how arched she was sideways. Yep. Like that, that really cranks the neck too and, and puts a lot of pressure on you. But yeah, she has that like anaconda 
squeeze where it, it doesn't have to be in right but that's the shit you see from lifetime wrestlers mm-hmm. right like that's every what everyone says about islam and like these different wrestlers just have that squeeze and you know they're i would say up until this point probably the most successful high level women's wrestler had been uh sarah mccann okay fair. but i think now we're seeing like suarez really kind of being that that next level of wrestling in women's MMA. Um, there's, I think there's still a ways to go, you know. Uh, I Personally, I still want to see the Janjadoba fight. I, I think that that would still be a very good fight because Janjadoba is so good off her back that, you know, she's not going to get kind of the, I don't want to say easy submission, but the openings aren't going to be there like they were against Andrade or De La Rosa. Yeah, I, I, I would really be interested. Another person that you've talked about with Suarez is Dern. I'd really be mm-hmm. interested with Dern just because Dern, she has some like uh, like kind of name value where it's like if people aren't really watching Suarez, they might they might get their eyes on it because you're right. I, I mean, the, the evolution of wrestling, uh, especially from the women's side, it's like, Suarez is the person that seems like she just has that lifetime wrestler that is really like high level jujitsu as well. I mean, obviously she's got her black belt last night. Congrats to her. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I love to hear because sometimes for, I mean, I'm I'm a fan, right? I'm not a fighter. I don't train. So to hear the commentary, the commentating team be like, oh, it's not really in. She didn't hand, and she still taps her out, and they're shocked. It's like, oh, that's special. Then right? There's something mm-hmm. special about what she's bringing, and it's fun because. She does kind of have that personality. It was really good to see her reaction. It's like, you know, I'm the best. Uh, get her black belt. And it's like, I think um, for us, it's easy to say, I want to see her next fight. I think that she did something last night that if I had never never seen her before, I'd be like, oh, I want to see this girl fight again, you know, or this woman mm-hmm. fight again. It's, she's She's got some it factor to her that's really fun. And then in the back of your mind, you're like, she's kind of the truth too. You know, it's like, I don't really yep. think there's too much like uh fluff in her in her uh her rise i think that she earns it and i'm I'm ready to see more of it you know oh yeah and i think the dern matchup is is a great one too because this is kind of where Mackenzie dern was before yep right where she had a very one-dimensional game and it was like hey you, there are things you need to improve on and and despite wins and, and dern had some losses in there like there's steps that need to be taken and we saw that in Mackenzie Dern's last fight oh, yeah. where all of a sudden she was aggressive her striking looked much better and so like Tatiana Suarez is is nothing if not a fighter right like she's beaten cancer she's beaten all these you know different obstacles in her life and has has overcome it all and so i think you put somebody like that in a situation where she's going to have to rise to the occasion. I I think she does. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that would be a very, very good fight. Um, you know, one, I, I don't think she's necessarily earned it, but looking at kind of who else is out there for her to fight, Shonen Yan, because she's kind of sitting around waiting for a fight. It'd be interesting to see, um, you know, who Yan ends up fighting. But I, I want to know who they match Suarez up with just because, when you have wrestling like that, you're a problem for anybody. Even if you don't have the striking on the feet, I mean, unless somebody like a Whaley can put you out, you know, with, with one or two touches, like you, you're always going to be in the fight because if it's a volume thing, you're going to end up taking the person down. Yep. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. I, I think, I think she's probably going to get someone in that six, seven range, like the Jan or Dern range to get uh mm-hmm. Jan that would be that would be a big jump but like you said she didn't have a fight around I mean if you got star power go ahead and do it I, I would really like to see I I hope she stays active like especially just because yes. you know her, her her career didn't have the best of luck uh she's already fought twice this year if you can get one more in that'd be awesome man Agreed. Agreed. I mean, I think it it would be too too soon, uh, but obviously her on that uh, uh, the September the UFC Noche card, the uh, Alexa Grasso uh, Shevchenko card. Um, you know, I, I think obviously you have some built in stuff there. She already does commercials for Modelo and and that kind of thing. Uh, and then looking at Andrade, 
she looked better than she did against Blanchfield or Shonen Yan, I thought, right? There was the patience. There wasn't just this kind of like bullheaded, I'm going to charge forward and just wing hooks and, and hopefully put you out. Um, you know, it looked different. Now, that being said, she's still lost, right? She's got three L's in a row mm-hmm. uh, across two different weight classes. But like we said, like, I forgot she was 31. You know, I was thinking she was like 35, 36. So seeing her make that adjustment from an aggression standpoint and kind of reining things in, like she's got out wrestled here, right? She's got out grappled. Um, and if Tatiana Suarez does have that special squeeze, you know, this is, I, I get it where Andrade was in a situation where she thought she could probably get out and then couldn't, you know? So be interesting to see what happens with her. I don't want to look too deep, but her face looked, after, you know, Guillotine gets let up, fights over, her face looked like she was defeated mentally. It'd be real interesting mm-hmm. to kind of see maybe some interviews coming up in the next couple of weeks or, or, or whenever she decides to speak on it uh, to see what her career looks like from her perspective because it did look like one of those, like, Jesus Christ, like, I'm, I'm, I'm in this position again. That's what it felt like. Um, once yeah. again, that's me making up a whole dialogue in my head of something that I just said. <laughs> but that's what it felt like to me. Like it almost made you feel like, oh shit. You know, like dang, like she's in this position where it's like, um, she she had enough on the stand up that she wasn't she wasn't getting beat on the feet at all. But it's just like this this woman is taking me down and she's just controlling me and it you know, she's kinda doing what she needs. So um yeah, her 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 career, she she needs to get in the wind column like immediately, her next fight, if she wants to even like remotely stay relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I would like to see her stop just, oh, you guys need somebody to fight at 135. Cool. I got it. Oh, you need somebody at flyweight. I got it. Like, I I would like to see her kind of rein it in, focus on straw weight, because ultimately that's her best weight class and like actually try to make a push for it instead of like, hey, I'll fight anybody anywhere, anytime. And, and that's she's gonna, at that point in her career. Yep. And that's going to be the symptom of her team as well, being like, we need to, we need to focus up on, you know, like we need to focus on what's on the best for us right now. So hopefully they will. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about the best, one of the best rounds uh, of the night uh, came in that Cody Durden, Jake Hadley fight. The second round was fucking insane where Durden almost got that anaconda. Hadley got out of it, almost got the triangle arm bar where Durden was in pain, mm-hmm. in pain, mm-hmm. like grimacing. Um, you know, talked about on the broadcast kind of the by figure four in his legs. Hadley was almost working against himself on the arm bar uh, by going for the triangle at the same time. But Jesus, I, if he doesn't have something wrong with his arm, I'll I'll be shocked. Yeah, it was it was deep and it was yeah. deep, man. Um, you're right. Great fight, especially when 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 you see stuff like that, it's like. It's almost a shame that. The Nashville crowd seemed a little restless. Uh, They seemed like the beginning of the the card. It's like, you know, they're into it and stuff, but you're, you're seeing finishes, but it seems like throughout the night, you know, with the, the Durden fight, that was what the third fight on the card. Um, So, so so it being as an exciting small, you know, smaller weight fight decision. But then by the time it got to Sanhagen, uh, there's been multiple decisions and maybe they just want to see this violence and I get it, right? You're paying yeah. to see violence, but this fight was amazing. And it's like, at least, yeah. at least we got to see like an amazing, yeah. Amazing matchup. Yeah. The, I mean, the cut was bad Ooh, yeah. to, to get that elbow early, but it almost looked like, I mean, both guys were kind of tired out by that third round. I'm like for such a crazy pace in the second round. I wonder if Hadley had, cause Hadley's fought five rounds before, I wonder if he had a bit of an adrenaline dump after thinking he was getting that finish um, and or just the squeeze and, and tired himself out a little bit because, I mean, ultimately I thought it was 1-1 going into the third round and it looked like Durden just wanted it more. I mean, at the end of it, you saw Hadley just kind of sat down against the cage. He looked defeated. Yeah. Uh, but this is also a, for how active Hadley was off his back going for all these different things. It's just another instance of showing – you know, if you can't play jujitsu in MMA, mm. even if you are attacking submissions, ultimately they are going to favor the guy on top or the fighter on top nine times out of 10, unless you are, you know, 
El Kakui in his prime, just slicing people up with elbows from the bottom. Like it's not going to go your way. Uh, I would like to see Hadley rebound from this, and and because he has shown just some amazing potential, right? When you looked at the submissions here, the body work he put on Malcolm Gordon previously, like he has the the whole skill set. It's just a matter of kind of blending everything together, and then Durden. You know, the, there are some good good wrestlers there at flyweight. You know, he looked good. Uh, it was they were talking a bunch of shit, and basically he kind of shut up the the young prospects. So I think I think that was a really good win for him. Yeah, absolutely. And from one great fight to another, uh, the one that that should have been the the featured prelim that uh, uh, we thought was going into uh, the card: <laughs> Billy Q versus Damon Jackson. It was just fun. Right, like Damon Jackson came out fucking hot, <laughs> hot in the first round. Yeah, and I, then uh, I feel like he yeah, does that a lot. Right? Am I mistaken mm-hmm. saying that? No, he's he is definitely a want to get you out of there. They don't pay me by the hour kind of thing. <laughs> um, where you know where he's he's trying to get it done quick, which is not. And he even acknowledged it. You know, Billy Q's the type of guy where you better get him out in the first round because if not, he he's just a dog. He's going to keep coming back. He's, I mean, every fight I watched of him, you know, save for that Edson Barbosa where he just catches the knee straight up the middle. Like he gets better as the fight goes on. He almost gets finished. Uh, but this one, the body work that he put in was just beautiful, right? Because by the third round, uh, Damon Jackson had nothing left by the end of that fight. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you could see he was trying. But he had there was no no juice left for him to to run off of, right? I mean, like Billy Q is just a dog. Absolutely, that and this this is one of those things where it's like I don't I don't always want to talk about the lower weight division, but it seems like we're not really getting any bad quality lower weight division fights, and it's just like bring them on, keep bringing them, right? Keep yes. keep letting these people fight. It's just these are these are just fun fights. Last night, um. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with decision fights. I love them. Like, if I can watch 15 minutes of a fight, that's amazing. And this is one of the ones that wasn't a 15-minute boring fight. I, yeah. I I think you've said this before. Billy Q won't be in a boring fight, and probably Damon yeah. Jackson won't be in a boring fight. And it's like they're just yeah. proving it over and over again. Yeah. Now, one one question I do have uh, about Damon Jackson. I want to know the story behind that back tattoo. Because it is <laughs> strange. It's just like two lines. Going down his feet, didn't have it when he first got in the UFC. It does not look, uh, the lines don't look entirely straight. <laughs> like it doesn't look like a uh, real, you know, high quality tattoo. Uh, like I just, I'm so curious about the story on like one that would hurt like shit. Somebody just tattooing down your spine. Um, but like, why, why just two black lines going down your back? Uh, I want to know if somebody can find that out, uh, you know, Hit hit us up at, at number one BS pod uh, on X, uh, formerly the, the artist formerly known as Twitter, because uh, I am genuinely, genuinely uh, curious. And then while you're doing that, just go to your podcast listening service of choice. Hit that follow button, the subscribe, whatever it may be. Give us a rating. Give us a like. Uh, that way, one, we can move up in the algorithm and, and more people can can come and listen and have fun. Uh, but then also uh, you'll be notified when those F updates drop, when the new uh, episodes are coming out. And now moving on to our featured prelim. We had uh, the Matrix, Kyler Phillips against Honey Barcelos. Um not the most exciting fight to to be completely honest. I you know the Billy Q Damon Jackson fight was definitely more of a I think what you're looking for in a featured prelim, uh, but really good win for Kyler Phillips after how long he'd been out. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna agree with you. This is one of the first times last night that I was like, okay, like I'm 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 kind of distracting myself. I'm looking at my phone a little bit, but it was still a good fight. You know, it just wasn't it wasn't a firework. Like we've kind of maybe gotten spoiled on some of these feature prelims these last couple of weeks. So it's like, yeah. we're, we're almost, it's, it's almost as uh, undeserved confidence where we're like, dude, every featured prelim is amazing, but yeah. still a great fight, man. Yeah. And the thing about Kyler is he's, he moves so much. Sometimes that leads into some amazing 
spinning shit and just very like highlight reel type stuff from him. Mm. But then also sometimes it almost seems like he gets into this almost like sparring type mentality where, you know, it's just touch, touch, move, touch, touch, move. And, and there doesn't seem like there's that violent urgency to, to end the fight, uh, which is kind of what it seemed like here, which I would completely understand the guy not fighting for a year and a half um, of, you know, having a little bit of that, uh, as Dom would say, non-existent ring rust. Uh, but it, it sets Kyler back up because at one point he was in the top 15, you know, and, and I know last we had seen Barcelos, he was getting uh, knocked unconscious. I mean, brutally so by Umar uh, Nurmagomedov. Uh, but this is still a very good win for Kyler. And I, I think that this kind of starts to get him back to to where he ultimately thinks he should be. You know, you have... While he was out, you had kind of the rise of some of these other guys, you know, Yanez, Martinez, Gutierrez, you know, some of these guys that were were racking up some wins. And I think, you know, 135 puts him right back in those talks. Uh, but to me, probably the the highlight of this fight was um, they, you know, they brought on Dean Thomas and he was talking about uh, Tyler's technique of of how he got back to his feet. And right before that, right before they brought Dean Thomas in, uh, Bisbing had been talking about how uh, Barcelos had gotten back to his feet. Um, and John Anik, uh, you know, trying to say giving love to both sides, uh, says Dean Thomas, equal opportunity employee or equal opportunity uh, employer. And you see Dean Thomas just whip his head around and fucking stare at John Anik. Um, you know, like obviously knowing that he wasn't trying to say what ultimately came out. Uh, but one of the definitely had me laughing watching it in my hotel. The, I, I didn't even night. I didn't even catch that uh, that part. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't even catch that. Because just where the fight was, you could see Dean Thomas. And the second he said equal opportunity employer, you see him just like whip the head. Like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, I like Anik, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there were some really, really good performances by by some prospects out there. The the first one to start the card off, Asu uh, Almabayev uh, against Ode Osborne. His grappling was filthy, filthy. I mean, he was so content to just like not force positions, you know, just like, oh, I'm going to stay in guard and just beat you up until you try to get out. And then I'm going to take advantage of that and I'm going to pass. And just the the patience that he showed with that, the constant activity, uh, I think he's going to be a problem. You know, there's another grappler at, at flyweight you know, down the road. Uh, him versus Mohammed Makayev would just be an amazing fight. Uh, he had He got me juiced up for his next one. Yeah, and, and you've talked about this kind of in the past, kind of that you know, some of these early fights don't get love and he got a performance bonus and it's like he was a first, mm -hmm. I mean, like deserved it, but sometimes something happens later on and, and you forget about him. So that just goes to show how, how, like how his fight was last night that he, oh, yeah. he started off and, and, and he, he held on to his bonus, which he deserved completely. deserved. Yeah. And like, that's the type of grappling that people want to see. Yes. Right. Like you're, Oh, you're in guard, but you're, Constantly trying to throw elbows, beating up the body, like make the other guy work, make it uncomfortable. We talk about that a lot, like make it uncomfortable for that guy to be in that position. So he makes a mistake. And, and that's exactly what, what Alma Baev did. Really excited to see him moving forward. Uh, a guy that I've had my eye on for a while and he put on an amazing performance last night, uh, was a slender man, old Sean Woodson, uh, <laughs> I mean, I love me some body work. Y'all know that. And his boxing, I mean, he was a you know gold gloves level boxer. Uh, but what he does to the body is so filthy. I mean, there was a time during the fight where he like peppered a couple up top and then immediately just like four or five in a row, just nasty hooks to the body. Uh, and also showed some ground game, right? Yes. Like it was wrestling. And, you know, you always wonder with, boxers and these guys that come from like a traditional striking martial art how are they going to pick up the grappling side of it and i i thought that was great you know because the guy he even though bazooka is coming off of you know three days notice tough weight cut that guy trains with marab and aljo every single day yep 
So grappling with him is not an easy task. And Woodson did a great job of not getting taken down along the cage, uh, did a great job of, of actually taking him down. I, I thought that was a beautiful performance from Woodson. I mean, he's going to be a problem for anybody, right? He's enormous for a featherweight. Mm-hmm. He's look like he's like six, eight. He's gigantic. And, and like to your, to your point, we're, we're not, there's not, we're not going to probably learn anything new from his standup to see the, some of the ground game. It's like, Oh, okay. Well then, yeah, we can believe that he can go into like as he as he moves up if he continues to win as he moves up that he's gonna have a well-rounded ground game. I mean, well-rounded game, not just a slick slick uh, stand-up. So yeah, that that was a impressive performance. Yeah, and then to to me the it's exactly what I wanted to see. Most impressive performance of the night in my eyes, even though the level of competition wasn't great. It was a guy coming off pretty long layoff, uh, Diego Lopez. Ooh. I mean that. First of all, <laughs> one of the most intense reactions I've ever seen from a kick to the ouch pouch. Um, it like spun him around and dropped him. That was uh, hellacious. I mean, <laughs> one, of, one of the worst dick kicks it, I've ever seen. Wasn't it like 20 seconds? It was so quick. He <laughs> yeah. only took a minute. I'm like, bro, take your time. That was that was a no. Where last week we had like a, did he hit him in the dick? I mean, I guess this one was like clear, dude. Like clear oh, yeah. um i expect you to hear him scream <laughs> like, oh, the reaction. Yeah. i mean that's yeah. that that's that young man energy of ready to get back in there because i was i was watching and my on my couch and i'm like oh geez it's like I'm, i gotta shake myself off and it didn't mm. even happen it was it was a very targeted uh like right on the cup like it's smack to the yeah. dick dude <laughs> yeah. but he's his grappling special oh my god it's special that just the confidence of like the jumping to the triangle. Um, and then if uh, Gavin Tucker's arm is, if the elbow isn't dislocated or his arm's not broken, I will be amazed because it. I saw the tap eventually, but basically he tapped after he must've made a noise or something because when Lopez rolled over to Mount, he kind of let go of the arm and then Tucker tapped. Well, see, I, I felt that he tapped before the rollover happened. And then when Lopez got on top, maybe there was like a verbal thing because he let go. The ref did not stop that fight. Mm -hmm. Like, like credit to Lopez because, I mean, I I guess sometimes you know when it's sunk in. But when he had his arm hyperextended, I I thought it looked like he tapped on uh, Lopez's you know cheeks twice. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when he rolled Mm -hmm. over, just let it go. And I was like, huh, strange because the ref didn't do it. But like, there, what's his name? Tucker didn't even pretend uh like like he knows that shit was gross man it was gross slick yeah. slick submission had it in there deep and he's he's just fun to watch there's something about him that's fun to watch yes. yeah there's there's certain fighters that their style of grappling is it's pleasing to the eye right yeah. like it's an exciting thing it, it, there's others that are really high level but it's not it's more of just like a pressure you know, kind of like Damian Maya, for example, as yes. great as Damian Maya was, there was never this like it was it was almost like academic with him. Where it's like I'm gonna do this and then this and then this and then you're gonna tap. Uh, whereas like Lopez, it's kind of like this just flurry, uh, and it's it's impressive. He wanted he said he wanted to get on that uh, uh, UFC Noche card uh, with Grasso, who's one of his training partners. Um, would I mean I want to see him fight every single weekend I, I would watch yeah i don't see it doesn't seem like he took damage why not i mean well <laughs> all of his body except for his you know crocs <laughs> yeah. didn't take damage so i don't see yeah, why he, he couldn't might... uh be on that card yeah he might be a eunuch now but um <laughs> but he can fight though <laughs> yeah yeah still fight yeah. um but you know kind of we had uh, a welterweight showcase last week we had a bit of a featherweight showcase mm-hmm. this week you know sean woods and diego lopez uh and then billy q and damon jackson right like that's those are all all four of those fighters are people I want to see again. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, good, good. Like I said, good for the short kings, man. Let's let's keep it going. Well, I mean, <laughs> except ass. Slender Man, yeah, exactly. Because yeah, Sean Woodson's six three. He's in the wrong division. Uh, it feels like, dude. His body is so small. Yeah, like no, his his legs are long, his arms are long, and then his. His body, he's built like if E.T. had long legs. 100%. It's, <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, going into next week, you know, like got another, excuse me, got another fight night. Uh, who are some fighters that we need to kind of keep an eye on? Yeah, so this one's a, a little interesting because there's a couple 
fighters that like I'm really excited about, but the matchup itself is very intriguing. Uh, so I'll talk about those a little later. But as far as just pure, like, doesn't matter who the opponent is. I want to see these people fight. Uh, Marcus McGee is one. Uh, he's We saw him in the UFC on short notice take on Journey Newsom uh, at a 140 catch where he's going to be fighting his actual weight class, uh, bantamweight. The man is 7-1. and one. All seven coming by stoppage. Uh, He has six KOs, one submission. That one submission was his UFC debut. Got the rear naked choke. Uh, Was supposed to be fighting Gaston uh, Bolanos, or Bolanos, sorry, who's a former Bellator fighter. We saw him uh, a few weeks ago in the UFC or a couple months ago, sorry. Uh, But Gaston had to bow out, and so now J.P. Buys, who actually was a flyweight fighter, he's making his bantamweight debut. That's who McGee's going to get. But McGee is just, he's explosive. He's violent. Uh, after his fight against Journey Newsom, it was like, oh, fuck, I want to watch this guy fight again. Uh, so we're, you know, bantamweight, so we know he's skilled. That's the amazing part at these lower weight classes. You have guys outside of the UFC that are phenomenal fighters and are, you know, are just waiting for that chance. And he's a guy that took advantage, you know, on a few days notice. So, and so then the other so, one, hold on. So you're telling me yeah, that we have finally maybe a prospect to watch in this boring ass bantamweight division. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the okay. very stale, unexciting <laughs> yeah, bantamweight okay. division. No, uh, no. Well, shit. If you listen to some people last night after what happened with Sanhagen font, you'd think it was like the worst division in the UFC. Yeah. But I mean, this is matchups, right? It's just matchups. Yeah. And then the other one, and I've talked about her before, Yasmin Lucindo. Uh, she's fighting Pollyanna Viana. Uh, Lucindo is one and one in the UFC, uh, lost to Yasmin uh, Howergy in her UFC debut in an amazing fight. It was both of their UFC debuts. It was at flyweight, and that one was in the uh, uh, was on the main card of of a fight night. You know, two two women making their debut in the UFC, which never happens. Now, Lucindo does have a bit of a uh, deceptive record. She's fourteen and five with ten finishes. But she's 14 and five because she made her pro debut at 14. You know, here, here's a woman who is 21 years old and has been fighting professionally for seven years. Uh, has a like a wild backstory where she you know came from like a very violent, abusive household and basically learned martial arts to try to defend herself and her mother in her, in her house, um, and ended up you know, like, Oh shit, I can do this for a living and was like making money for her family at 14 years old. Uh, but she's a, an absolute bulldog does have a little bit of the kind of Jessica and Drage to her where she gets, she has a tendency to walk forward and wing hooks just cause you know, worked for her at a lower level. Cause she does possess that power. I'm very interested to see coming off of the win against uh Brogan Walker. If she, continues to evolve, right? Because she needs to work the body a little more. She needs straight punches. There's there's some things that she needs to get better at, but she's 21 years old. And and so that's why I want to see after, I mean, she beat Brogan Walker very, you know, convincingly, but it wasn't the most dynamic performance. And so I want to see if she's continuing to get better in the gym every single day. And Pollyanna, uh, Viana, very experienced. It's going to be her most experienced competition to date. And, you know, ultimately that's, that's what you want as a, a young prospect, right? You want to take on some of these more experienced fighters that might not have the best records, but can give you a test. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll see Lucindo's uh, skills continue to improve, but we'll find out. Yeah. You've got me really stoked, uh, especially going to her last fight, Lucindo mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, like with with no other reason just than just like the prospect of what she can be in the I mean twenty one years old like if in five years she's fighting for a title it 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 would literally be like yeah this is what we expected she's she's exciting yes hundred percent agree uh, and then staying with with the women fighters I was just gonna highlight Luana Santos uh, but her matchup versus Juliana Miller is actually a pretty intriguing matchup. It's a flyweight fight. Uh, Santos is making her UFC debut. She's five and one judo black belt. She's 23 years old and she's part of that like judo MMA legacy that Ronda Rousey left, Mm -hmm. right? Like here is a woman who stated like the reason I was doing this is because of Ronda Rousey. Like I saw her in judo and then make that transition. And that's what I want to do. And judo's 
translated pretty darn well for women's MMA. You have Stephanie Egger, Ronda Rousey, Kayla Harrison, right? Like judo has been a good martial art, martial arts base for MMA for women, not as much with, with men, uh, but it, it tends to be a very good base for women. And then also, you know, on the other side of the cage, you got Juliana Miller who won the ultimate fighter, um, Got a little overwhelmed in her last fight against Veronica Hardy, uh, who was coming back after a pretty long layoff, but just didn't have the answers on the feet, got outboxed, and then didn't have the ability to take it to the ground because she's a grappler by trade. So I'm really interested to see that here. Has she made those improvements, right? Like, has she been able to say, you know, yeah, I'm better than most people on the ground, but I've had trouble getting it to the ground. And can I get the takedown, you know? And then ultimately... I think Santos is going to try to take it to the ground. So what can Miller do, you know, to reverse position, to sweep all of those types of things. So that's the part of it. I'm really excited about is like, once this fight hits the ground, I think we're going to see some wild scrambles and, and just some, some very intricate, shall you say, kind of groundwork there. Mm -hmm. And then another fight, and this is uh, possibly my favorite nickname on the card. We have Francis fire marshall <laughs> nice uh, yeah hilarious taking on uh, isaac dolgarian at featherweight now marshall seven and one uh five finishes he's one and one in the ufc he's only 24 years old so the guy's fought twice in the ufc at by the time he's 24 um good wrestling good power in the striking uh, has been pretty active and so on the other side dolgarian he's five and oh all five finishes he was a D2 wrestling national runner-up, so good wrestling on both sides. But Dolgarian's filthy. Like, watching his kind of regional fights um, just takes people down, strangles them. His ground and pound is savage, like very loose hips, and, and just beats people up on the ground. He had four fights in his first year as a pro, but he has not fought since February of 2022. So it's been about a year and a half. Marshall's fought four times since the last time Dolgarian fought. Mm. Uh, he had got signed to the UFC, Dolgarian, I'm talking about, uh, on Dana White looking for a fight. Uh, didn't He wanted to take his time making his debut because he's only 5-0. Completely get it, right? Like, you are now in the Shark Tank. Let's take our time and get ready. Uh, he was supposed to fight in January of this, of this year, but ended up getting hurt. So now you're looking at a guy uh, who has... You know, five fights, but he has less than nine minutes of overall cage time. And so this is going to be a huge test for him, especially like you got nine minutes of cage time and you haven't fought in a year and a half. So I'm really interested to see how he comes out because ultimately from a tools perspective, like what he can do, he is fucking exciting. Anybody out there, if you have access to fight pass, Go watch Isaac Dolgarian fights. You need less than nine minutes to watch them all. <laughs> and it is, I mean, just entertaining. I think this is going to be a great matchup of prospects. Um, you know, maybe someone else we can throw into the prospects there at Featherweight coming off this one. Then we got our light heavyweight matchup, uh, Khalil Roundtree versus Chris Dawkins. Now I'm I'm excited for this for Dawkins just because he's was at heavyweight. He's making his light heavyweight debut. He was always a little flabby uh at heavyweight. And so he had started off with this awesome four-fight knockout streak in, in the UFC. But he's been knocked out three times. Mm -hmm. Like Once he started fighting true heavyweights, right? Curtis Blades, Rosenstrike, like big heavyweights, he started getting shut off. And so, you know, anytime you've been knocked out three times in a row, like this is a must-win for you. And Galil Roundtree is a violent, big, strong human being. So it's not any easier, you know, for, for him moving down. Uh, but he's on a round trees on a three fight win streak. You know, most recent win was that Jacoby fight we talked about earlier that I personally don't think he won. Uh, but the two fights that he won prior to that, there was like a level of just nasty violence that you don't always see from Khalil Roundtree. Definitely didn't see it in the Jacoby fight. Uh, but the, the first fight in that streak was when he, kicked Modestus Bokaskis in the knee uh, and just totally fucked his knee up. You know, everyone was saying it was a little dirty. It's kind of like that John Jones, you know, like stomp kick yep. to the the front knee, and he, he blew uh, Bokaskis' knee out, completely blew it out. It was disgusting. And then he's fighting Carl Robertson, and he soccer kicks him on the ground. So he just soccer kicked him to the body. 
<laughs> like Robertson was up against the fence and just, I mean, yeah, brutal. I like stepped into it. You heard the slap, just this violence. Uh, and so I'm, I'm really excited when Roundtree is on, he is devastating, right? He's just fun to watch. And then Dawkins, when he gets the hands going, it's exciting. I, I think somebody's going down, right? Like there's, I think this is going to be a violent one that's going to result in somebody being knocked out. And and without without like having them like face to face right now, do you? I, I know that there's a little bit of two inch height difference. Do they do they look like kind of the same uh, like build? Is it going to be no. is it going to be Dawkins just like looking bigger than Roundtree? I don't know if Dawkins is going to look bigger. Oh, he's not going to look bigger than Roundtree. Okay, that's. that's I, I don't know. I mean, he has a big head, yeah. right? Like he's he's a big guy, yeah. but like Roundtree's yoked. Right. I mean, like he's as muscular as they come. He looks yeah, like a sure. damn superhero. <laughs> he does. Uh so I mean it's gonna look a little different, right? Almost kind of like the uh the Bozer camera fight from last night where or Saturday night where Bozer looked like he used to fight heavyweight. He was just a bigger guy. Yes. Uh but when you looked at uh Alexa, he had a gigantic lower body, right? Like they look like two different weight classes if you were just looking at the upper body, but then you looked at uh Camer's lower body and it's like, oh, shit like his legs are thick and i think that's gonna be very similar mm. to to this it's gonna be violent regardless yeah yeah, yeah. I, I mean personally i think roundtree's gonna knock him out but yeah. well we shall see um that's why they fight yep and then our main event i know the co-main is cub swanson akeem dawadu but like ultimately i don't know we could be talking about cub swanson or or dawadu come next week but not not one i want to really talk about fair but Vicente Luque versus RDA, Rafael Dos Anjos at welterweight. So this will be Dos Anjos' second fight in a row at welterweight. And, I mean, a fight that probably three years ago would have been really intriguing. Um, but ultimately, I think we kind of forget who Luque was, you know, and, and still has the possibility to be. Um, you know, he just walks people down. I and mean, he's only 31 years old. Uh, he's coming off two losses, but it was to Bilal in a fight where he hurt Bilal. He, he had him hurt mm-hmm. bad. Uh, and then Jeff Neal. And, and ultimately, I mean, we know Jeff Neal has just, I mean, hands of steel. Jeff Neal, he has just power, right? And he he tagged Luke early on, and, and the fight was just never the same after that. Like, Luke stumbled backwards and then lost this forward pressure, which is kind of what he's known for. He's always stalking people, walking them down. Um, and when he got finished by Neal, it was the first time he got finished in his UFC career. Yep. So, you know, it's not like, oh, shit, this guy's chinny. Uh, but I, I want to know how he rebounds from that, right? Is it going to be that realization of like, oh, okay, like it happens, cool, I'm moving on? Or is it that like, oh, shit, my chin failed me, now what? Yeah, and and unfortunately in this matchup, like for Dos Anjos, there's just a point where it's like, okay, when is his age going to show? I know, like, don't get me wrong, he won his last fight. Lost to physique, <laughs> which if you're losing to physique, I mean... That's not the worst loss you can have. Uh, yeah. But you just don't know. Um, I Man, I, I don't want to sound like a hater. I'm just I'm not a big believer in Dos Anjos. It feels like a fight mm-hmm. for me that uh, Luque should uh, at least overcome whatever Dos Anjos is going to bring. But mm-hmm. when you're Rafa Dos Anjos and you've got, what, like almost 50 fights under your belt, you're not out. And, and this is why it's like, okay, this makes sense. So that's what is the main event. But 38 years of age, I don't know. I don't know how this matchup's going to go. I, you know, like, just thinking about it, it feels like Luke should be able to kind of do what he needs to do in this fight. But those those vets, man, like, those Anjos can always yeah. turn a fight around, man. Yeah, I mean, there's something to it. Like, one, the guy is a, he's a former UFC champ. Like, let, let's not, yep. you know, forget about that. Like, the guy was a champion. And then he has more than eight hours of time in the UFC cage. Right. Like this guy has been fighting at the highest level eight hours of That's fight time, insane. most in the UFC. That's insane. Yeah. It's fucking wild. Right. Like this guy is, and it's not like he's just had a bunch of chump fights. Right. Like this guy has fought the best of the best. Yep. And so and across two weight classes, too. Mm-hmm. Right. He's bounced back and forth between welterweight and lightweight. Um, you know, he looked good against Barbarina, is what it is. I don't think anyone, you know, has kind of a, uh, these illusions about that Barberina is like some, you know, title contender, but also he's a guy that brings it every single fight. Uh, and 
to be honest, Dos Santos was coming on late against Fazeev up, up until he got caught early in the fifth round. Like mm-hmm. the fourth round was Dos Santos's. And so, you know, he's a guy that's never out of it. And if Luke wins, like this is Luke's biggest win to date if, if he gets this win, right? So, like ultimately, and, and it's a must win for Luke, right? Like he's, he's 31 years old. If he wants to try to make a run, he has to win this fight. You think this is a bigger win than like a Tyrone Woodley? It's, I think probably, it's, it's hard to say. He, he also, at he the also, time, it seemed like, like but I say he also sorry, has, man. no, you're good. He's also beaten Bala Muhammad. I don't know if this is his biggest win. I, I yeah. might, I might kind of push back on that a little bit, but in the Fair part, and in, in the Fair part, enough. Yeah, in the part of his career, though, it feels, man, I feel like we're saying this every week, and I hate to do this, but it feels like mm-hmm. this is a must win for Luke, right? Like, if you don't beat yes. Dos Anjos, where are you really in this division? Um, yes. I don't know if that's a fair and, thing to say, but it just feels that way. <laughs> yeah, and part of the reason I, I think it it's a bigger, it would be a bigger win than the Muhammad win just because of when it happened Fair. in Muhammad's career. Fair. He was a very different fighter then. Um, and we saw what happened in, in the rematch. Uh, and then Woodley fight, it was a very impressive win at the time. However, we then also saw like Woodley not win around for years. Right. So like that's the other thing too, where and I get it's a win over Barbarina, but like Dos Anjos isn't some guy who's either hasn't made his run yet or is on the like a, having a very major drop off. Yeah, right? because like Dos Santos still can can win against legitimate opponents, I feel like. Yeah, because he's not I mean with the exception of uh Fazeev, he's not getting stopped in his when he loses. He's deci- he's getting yeah. decisioned, right? He's like he's 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 one of those wily vets, right? Um so this is going to be I'm actually more excited about the fight now that we're talking about it. Like when you, when you think about things in your head and talk about it out loud, this is a really fun matchup. I, I still will hold down that Luke has to win this fight if he wants to continue mm-hmm. in this division. Um, but man, this is a fun one. This is going to be a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. And I think his a, a potential path to victory, something to just look out for. Luke has a really nice left hook. Uh, and he, he hurt Bilal pretty badly with it and that's the same punch that Fazeev was catching RDA with and ultimately knocked him out with. Fair. So just just something to look for. Um watch now it's you know he's never gonna connect on it and <laughs> gonna look like a fool. Uh, but yeah just something to look out for there uh with Luke. And then speaking of things to look out for our fights coming up. Um we have one negative announcement a fight got canceled. Uh, mm. Calvin Gaslam got hurt he's out of that fight against Shavkat they showed that what they're anticipating the main card being on uh on the fights on Saturday night and it's uh, not a great main card yep. uh that Shavkat Gaslam fight would have been great doesn't seem like uh, Shavkat's going to be on that card now which is pretty unfortunate uh and then other fight nights in October October 14th we announced or we talked about Fizzy versus Gamrot last week that is going to be the headliner of that card uh, but we got two awesome fights for for the little dudes. We got Jonathan Martinez versus Adrian Yanez uh, at bantamweight. Yeah, that's going to be or should be uh, just fireworks. I want to see how Yanez responds after getting shut off. Um, yeah, two of those guys that are you know trying to claw their way into the top ten uh, with a you know and what we both I think feel is the the best division mm-hmm. in MMA. Easy. And then uh, the Japanese fighter, I know, I know, I got love for him. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. Tatsuro Taira uh, at flyweight, getting his opportunity, breaking in the top fifteen. He's taking on David Dvorak. Uh, you know, no, no easy matchups from here. You win this fight, you're in the top fifteen, and it's off to the races. I hope it's not too soon for Tyra, uh, but ultimately, we're we're going to see him challenge now. So, really excited about that. Uh, on the Brazil fight night on uh, November 4th. Oh, and sorry, I just realized I said earlier that Diego Lopez wanted to fight on the UFC Noche. I was mistaken. He wants to fight on this card. 
the November oh, okay. 4th card. So, cause he's Brazilian trains with Mexican fighters, but is Brazilian. So my apologies there. Hopefully we're making an announcement here uh, that he'll be on that card. That's being headlined by blades uh, versus Jailton Almeida, but a fight that we do know will be on that card. Uh, we finally have a winner of the Kyle Bahalo sweepstakes. Uh, I know it seems like every week I say somebody should be fighting him. <laughs> uh, and we, we did get a winner of that. It's not who I expected at all. It's nurse Sultan uh, Roy Jaboff who made his debut against Bruno Fajeda. He's the guy who's like 28 years old with over 50 fights, uh, made the most of that opportunity on short notice. Uh, and now he's getting a really game opponent in Kyle Bahalo. I think the winner of this kind of gets, you know, their next fight will be a, against the top 15 guy. So that'll be a, Awesome addition uh, to that Blades uh, Gileton Almeida card. And then we have a few announcements on pay-per-views. Islam versus Oliveira, that card, UFC 294, October 21st. Uh, We have a light heavyweight matchup between Magomed Ankalaev and Johnny Walker. Uh, So Ankalaev definitely not getting the title shot. Um, But uh, this is a huge opportunity for Johnny Walker. Huge opportunity. That's going to be violent. Yes. Yeah. Cause like Johnny Walker gets shut off. Like let's, you know, let's not forget that, but he is also, I mean, when he's on top of his game, he's scary, scary. Yeah. That's, I am very excited for that. Cause like ultimately Johnny Walker wins that he's got a claim for the next title shot. So, um, huge, huge stakes in that fight. That card is just getting better week by week. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, and then November 11th, the UFC 30 show, the 30th anniversary, UFC 295, headlined by uh, John Jones and Stipe Miocic. Uh, we have a top 10 middleweight fight. Uh, we got Derek Brunson. I thought he'd retired. I seriously, I thought he retired, but he did not. Uh, so number seven, taking on number eight, Roman Delize. Uh, So that is going to be uh, violent. I mean, Delize does a good job of, of stuffing the takedown, and he's, yeah. He hits like a freaking Mack truck. So uh, hopefully it's it's not a uh, uh, one of those things where we're looking at it afterwards saying, oh, yeah, Brunson probably should have retired and not taken this fight. Yep. Uh, but that'll be you know, top 10 middleweight matchup on, on a card in New York. Those are the only two fights announced so far uh, confirmed for that card. But you know that's going to be an absolutely stat card. I would not be surprised if we get another title fight there. We have to, right? Like yeah. for, for, the, for the magnitude of the card – where it's at, maybe John Jones's final. We don't know if it's his last time fighting. Like, just throw another title fight on there. Just do it for us. Yeah. Or if you're not, if it's not a title fight, get, you know, Sergey Pavlovich versus somebody on there. Like, get something where somebody can talk some, you know, if you can, Pavlovich versus Aspinall. And so the winner can talk Ooh. shit to Jones and hopefully get a title shot. Ooh. Uh, you imagine, know, like imagine yeah. another killer heavyweight fight on that card. Ugh. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I'm excited about announcements coming up for that card. As crazy as that sounds like I want to see uh, as that, that card starts to fill out what they put on there. Cause you better believe even the undercard is going to be you know, dirty just with prospects. Like you might even have like a Sean Brady fighting on the undercard, you know, dude, that would be insane. That would just be crazy. <laughs> yeah. They, they, well, you know, they, there's going to be Sarah Longo on there, right? Cause it's New York for sure. So, yeah, you're probably gonna see uh, Marab uh, come back on that card. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be stacked. Yes, and then we also have. I'm not gonna preview any fights for it, uh, but do want to talk about uh, Dana White's Contender Series is coming back this week on Tuesday the eighth at seven p.m. on ESPN Plus. Kind of the way that that will probably address that is not really previewing anything because it's all prospects. We don't have a ton of you know, tape to watch on any of these guys, but we'll probably include, you know, some, some stuff on the F updates. there, talking about, uh, you know, anything of note that happens on those, uh, but that is starting back up this week on Tuesday. It is not uh, at the normal 8 PM time. The first two weeks I think are going to be at 7 PM on ESPN plus. Nice. Yeah. And it, it'll be fun to kind of, I mean, we're seeing the contender series fighters fighting on these cars now. And it's like, I mean, why not get him at, at at the earliest we can get into UFC? Mm-hmm. These these fun fights. 
Yeah, and not even years out, right? Like we we have the champions from the first or a champion from the first couple seasons with Jamal Hill. You know, we have uh, Jeff Neal, we have Sean O'Malley. You know, people from those early seasons, but we have people from like the last two seasons that are you know making a splash. A guy like Joe Pfeiffer, a, a guy like Jailton Almeida, right? Like there are some people uh, that very quickly are coming off of there, you know, making a big splash. So there's there's always a chance uh, that you're going to see somebody make that rise and make it quick. And I know for both you and I, that's one of the things we like most about watching this sport is that come up that you get to see for these, these fighters. Yeah. I mean, think about the people that we've got to see, even if we didn't like, I I don't, I don't watch the amateur, you know, regional type stuff, but we saw when George St. Pierre's first fight was in the UFC. We saw John, you know, so we saw all these people that are like legends and it's like, who knows who's going to be the next legend. And this is one of those things that, UFC ESPN plus is doing fantastic of allowing us to get in on that ground level. So 10 years from now, we're like, dude, I remember when, you know, maybe they're, you know, like Sean O'Malley, let's say he pulls out a win. It's like, I remember when, you know, I remember when he came in. Well, shit, Bo Nickel, right? I mean, he fought twice last season and parlayed that into his very first fight in the UFC was on a main card of a pay-per-view. Yeah. we Right. And like, that doesn't happen if he's if there isn't the contender series, and I know he's like a very special prospect, but that doesn't happen if there's not the contender series because he had one MMA fight before that. Yeah, so yeah, exciting, exciting to have that come back. Yeah, yeah, and just more more fights the better as as far as I'm concerned. So any uh, anything else on your end? No, we we are purposely not talking about this DSJ Paul <laughs> fight. So no, there's nothing more for for me on my end. <laughs> All right. Uh, Appreciate you, brother. As always, love and respect. Later.